This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by Superintendent of Ames Schools, Jenny Reisner. We're going to have an amazing conversation about the impact that COVID-19 has had on education and the importance of having an equity lens during this time. Superintendent Jenny Reisner, thanks for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, you know, we had to take a pause on the podcast, you know, because of COVID at all, but we are back. And so, you know, I started to think about, you know, topics for future episodes and really to come back into, you know, this educational landscape, the only thing that we can really talk about is returning to school. Yes. And... And so just to point out, we have a shield up between us. I know. It's a new world. It's a new world. So we were able to take off our masks yes. because we have our shield up, which um, I appreciate the little break from the mask. <laughs> I get it. I get it. it. It is a new world, and it's something that, you know, full disclosure to everyone, you and I, we talk every day and meet every day. We are in meetings together, not every meeting together, but we have meetings together every single day. And and in Iowa, we closed schools in March, it's now August, and we have met every day to talk about how we are going to open schools. And so actually for this podcast, I would prefer maybe we don't talk about the nuts and bolts and what that looks like specifically in our district. And, and I would like to take an opportunity to reflect a little bit, but also look forward on what this time period has meant for education. But I like that. first and foremost, how are you doing? Excellent. You know, I think um, there's so much excitement around um, finally getting back to the office, getting back to um, somewhat normal, um, a little bit of normalcy. New normal. New normal. And seeing people, not not seeing just my um, animals and my two kids every day. This is, it's been nice. So um, yes, thank you for asking. I'm, I'm doing good. Um, but I will say, that since March, um, the only thing that really is on your mind every single day is return to learn and how we make this work for our staff and our students. So when we think back to March, education, I mean, across the country, not just in Iowa, but across the country really got turned over. Suddenly we're closing schools and and school districts and, and superintendents needed to lead this change on how we redesign education in very short order. Mm -hmm. Talk about the complexities of that. I mean, think back to March when I know that that we, but I think there are a lot of other districts, had to suddenly turn what what happened inside a building into online. Yes. And just talk a little bit about the complexities of just like just redesigning education just right now. <laughs> right. So I think um, superintendents were put in a situation that none of us could have ever, ever predicted. None of us received training for redesigning a school, every aspect of a school. Um, but one of the things that that brings is really an opportunity, an opportunity to look at all of the pieces that are in the system. And for us, it was looking at it through an equity lens. So looking at how we serve students um, and, and how the lack of 
our maybe maybe our constant equity focus, how that reflects on a daily basis in the classroom. And so I think some of those gaps um, were were shown <laughs> and and that's not a not a great place for us to be. Um, it feels uncomfortable and it feels icky and and then we have to go back to the drawing board and and look at that as a system and redesign. And so I think you know you asked about, going back and thinking about March and in March I felt um, I felt like we were going to return to school the next month or we were going to return to school in six weeks so I felt like we were making um, short-term plans versus long-term plans and and as um, one month went by and then another month went by I think we all began to see across the nation um, that this was really going to be a long-term um, issue that we were faced with. And so what it was going to mean was redesigning public education. And there has been a need for that forever. And so I think this gave us the opportunity to look deep at what those changes needed to be. And I'll say we got a long way to go. We are not there yet. But what I can say is some of the um, conversations that we've had, some of the processes and procedures that we've put into place have really helped us dismantle oppressive systems that existed in our organization. And so as we dismantle, what we have to be doing now is recreating systems of equity. And so um, I'm excited about where that has taken us. But again, uh, we still have a long road, and and it's a constant um, it's a constant effort that you need to be focused on. So I'm gonna t- I want to come back to actually do a couple things that you had talked about. And and speaking of equity, you know, when I was kind of jotting down thoughts about you know topics that we could talk around with this, equity was clearly one of them. And one of the takeaways that I've had over the past you know six months is how important public schools and public education is to our communities. And so I have a couple areas that I do want to ask you about on that particularly, Um, one of which is knowing that the decisions that we make as a district, how those have like immense ripple effects within our community. So think about... um, on a small scale, every, every year, you know, we live in Iowa, and so we have snow days. The impact of a snow day on our community as far as, you know, parents mm-hmm. working and, you know, there's this whole right. ripple effect. You know, other businesses can close, you know, for yeah. a day or two days, and it doesn't have quite that ripple effect. Well, now take that times, oh, now we're closed from March until June. Right. Yes. Talk a little bit about, you know, like those thoughts that go into it, but even how we start school year, school this year, mm-hmm. um, the ripple effects of those decisions, how, how does that weigh on you? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question because I think that there are so many pieces of a public school system that we forget about or that we um, don't realize until they're taken away. And then we realize the impact that that holds. Um, feeding students, you know, we we've had to quickly reimagine how can we do that when we're in a virtual environment or we're in a um, a hybrid mode? How do we ensure that all of our students, not just the ones that we see face-to-face, have an opportunity to um, have a meal? And so those are the types of 
I think those types of changes that come that you you don't really realize the importance or even um, the importance of what do parents do when their child isn't in school um, and they're in a virtual or a hybrid mode? How do they ensure adequate childcare? I think that's a national issue mm-hmm. that we face. Um, and we certainly face it here in Iowa um, on a day-to-day basis with our parents. And so how do we, how do we help reimagine um, what that looks like in addition to... Uh, so, you know, one thing that I think um, on a personal level, um, I've changed in ways that um, I, I'll never be the same because of this. I'll never be the same as a leader or as a human being. Um, you know, I think as leaders, we talk a lot about servant leadership. And I would say um, I believe in servant lead- leadership and I strive for that. But until the pandemic um I don't know that I really understood the depth of servant leadership. And so I now see the system so different. I see it um, as encompassing so many important aspects um, within our community that you know are there, but again, until they're taken away, you don't realize the value and the importance, the value of mental health services, the value of food services, the value of transportation, Mm -hmm. um, the value of childcare, the value of, and the list goes on. And so internet um, access, internet access. Yes, exactly. You know, I remember talking with, um, people and you know, it's it, once we got into the summer months, you know, a lot of, um, you know, my friends, they knew it's like, okay, you know, the, the traditional school year ended it's summer. And, you know, they'd ask, you know, about our, you know, our job. How's it going? It's busy. And so, you know, here's a little uh, insight into, you know, how we operate. You know, we have a running document. I mean, we meet every morning with, you know, yeah. eight other directors in, in our um, district. And we have a running agenda. And so they're like, well, what do you talk about? And it's these things. You know, part of it was education and how we can provide education. Um, yeah. The other parts of it were food. Yep. Child care, being yes. part of those community conversations, internet access, and and so you know we say public education, but I know I know in our community and many other communities, it's so much more than that. It really is, and and the with the pandemic, the short time that we had to pull all of that together, um, I remember back in March, which feels like ten years ago, but back in March, I remember getting contacted by a parent before we had any services set up and the parent was out of food. Um, And so, you know, this is where I think that servant leadership piece comes in. You know, I went to the store, I had my son deliver food. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do, you do what you have to do to ensure that the community is taken care of. And so, um, yeah, I think that most of us will never be the same. I know I won't. And, and I think um, my superintendent colleagues across the nation um, have that same yeah. that same feeling of responsibility and and I guess you also learn to give a lot of grace to people. Um, I have seen the best in humans during this. Yeah. I have seen the most amazing. I've seen the most amazing acts of kindness and acts of courage within my own leadership team here. And I've seen that same thing across Iowa and across the nation. 
Um, and so you know that sometimes the the frustration comes out in humans because of the fear of the unknown. I've had it. I've had days where that fear of the unknown is crippling and yeah. it and and you know, I've been in tears at times, but I've also understood that when I get maybe um, an angry email, I also have learned to give a lot of grace mm -hmm. because I know that it's coming out of, a, of, of frustration and fear and, and the unknown. And so I, I've changed, yeah. you know, I think that's the message I've changed. One of the things that I've, I've read about, um, unrelated actually to education was this concept. It's in the social sciences. It's called a wicked problem. And in the social sciences, they talk about a wicked problem as there really being no right solution. And the goal is to find the least wrong solution. And I can speak for you. I can probably speak for every school district in the nation and saying, I, we all want to be back in our buildings. Like that is the easiest. Um, oh. If we could do that, that would be great. We would yeah. absolutely love it um, from our students, from our parents, from our, our teachers. We want last year back, you know, pre-March, <laughs> uh, but but we're not Boy, there. We. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I know that, um, you know, we've talked about as a district, kind of circling back to equity, is that we know um, there are going to be a lot of decisions that are made that aren't always going to be popular. Right. And one of the things that we've talked about actually quite a bit when thinking about equity is, you know, there are going to be... Um, parents who are very, you know, vocal and, and willing to advocate for their students. And I love that. But there are also certain, you know, demographics in our community who um, aren't able to do that or don't even know that they can do that right. or how to do it. And, and those are things that I know that we always talk about as a district yes. that we need to then advocate for those parents. And we need right. to make decisions that aren't just good for, you know, some students and parents or our community, but our entire community. That's right. You yep. want to talk about that a little you bit? Bet. I think, um, and that's what I referred to earlier about that, um, looking at all of our systems and practices and procedures and policies through that equity lens, because um, we were forced to dismantle some systems that led to opp oppression just mm -hmm. because of the environment that we were in. Um, and it would be really easy to go back and put those in, those same systems back in. Um, that's what we know. That's what we're comfortable yeah. with. And that's what we tend to go to. What takes courage and um, constant dedication is not reverting back to that but going to where we have to, I love how Dr. Jones says, we have to lean in a little bit, lean into that uncomfort mm -hmm. and recreate a system that is better and those processes that are better. I can give a really um, concrete example that doesn't seem like much, but it really was. Um, I think today, it might've been today that we talked about um, some wording on, on a document and it said, first come, first serve. Um, and we, as a, as a team, immediately recognized um, the inequity mm -hmm. in that statement and the inequity that that would cause. And it was a pretty big, yeah. um, it, was, it had something to do with getting com co computer access or, or hotspot access. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was re-envisioning re how could we do this so that we automatically are 
bringing equity to the table. We yeah. automatically are looking for processes that don't eliminate people, but that include people. Yeah. And so I think it's though even with just little, little processes and forms, um, we've been forced to look at it differently. Yeah. And I am so glad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, once you see things through an equity lens or, you know, you start to think that way, it's tough to unsee things. That's right. Yes. And it's, um, it, it, it can be painful. Yeah. It can be very painful. Yeah. So, yes. So you said that you changed um, over the past, you know, five months. What have you learned about your leadership during this time? Yeah, um, I appreciate that question, too, because this has been over the past probably month or two, I've really been aware of um, a change that has been occurring in me and ha- and, and maybe has occurred in me. Um, and I think it's a different sense of patience and grace um, than I had before. I think some of the, th- the small things that maybe used to um, feel much bigger are no longer big. Um, and, and that's given me the ability to really, um, look at my organization in a different way. Um, and then again, I just go back to, I'm really focused in on the good, the good that's happening. Um, I think we all need to be because there's, we can get focused in on the bad, but I've, I've really taken, um, a lot of time to focus in on what are those good things that I'm seeing around me every day. Um, and I, and I'd also say one more thing, um, that's changed within me is watching, um, what, what I know others refer to as the second pandemic Mm. that has occurred Mm -hmm. in our nation, um, with, uh, with systems that have um, not been equitable. And and I know I've talked about in meetings, um, I think the current mort- mortality rate for our families that are black yeah. um, is 2.4% higher than our white families. And this is a, this is a pandemic that's gone on for ages. Decades. That we have never... Yeah really focused on or maybe we have never heard enough about but this pandemic has given us time to stop and look and see Mm -hmm. and like you said once you see it you can't unsee it and it is up to us to make that change it's up to us as leaders and i feel a new sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. um i can't stay silent i won't stay silent i will fight i will battle um, for what we know needs to happen in our country. Uh, Dr. Jones, our director of equity, he doesn't know this yet, but he's on my list of future podcast episodes. So <laughs> he'll be great. <laughs> he might find out through this. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a work in progress and I'm still learning. So I always say, you know, some things I say might not be perfect, yeah. but, but we're learning together. So I know that my lens um, on communication has changed over, over this time. How about you? Absolutely. I, I've i learned um, the value of communication in a whole new way. Yeah. Um, and we, I feel like um, we've knocked it out of the park in ways. And we've, um, in other ways, we've realized, nope, that wasn't the best way yeah. to go. And let's revisit that and do it differently. But communication during this time has been critical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mine has changed in that 
I remember a moment, and I think it was in uh, in March, where we had put out a piece of communication, and with two within two hours of sending that, we given new information within those uh, two hours. We were almost to the point where we were going to say the exact opposite thing. Yep. And it was from that point moving forward that I understood like the importance and need for information that is today. Yep. It can change tomorrow. It can change next week. And I can't even tally the number of times that we have communicated something. Like if we would look back on that communication, yes. it, 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 it doesn't apply anymore. But at the point it did, right. and, and I know that people have reached out to you, people have reached out to me about how much they just appreciate knowing mm-hmm. some behind the scenes stuff. And, and man, prior to this, I always had this desire to, yeah. all right, well, let's figure out the answer and then let's communicate the answer. And then that answer has been communicated and it's done. Well, that doesn't apply today. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And and being able to say, this is what we know today, yeah. but it may change. Um, I, I think most people get that, though. I, I do, too. I think the majority of our community, what I've seen is a little bit of anxiety recently with yeah. school starting right. again, yep. and maybe some of those unknowns still hanging out there, and, and that brings anxiety to people. Yeah. And understandably so, it brings anxiety to us. Yeah. So I totally totally agree with you on that. Um, and that level of communication that just has to be really transparent. Um, and not that we've ever not wanted Correct. to communicate transparently, but at times we want to communicate a finished product yep. and we don't have that opportunity no, anymore. Not anymore. There's not going to be a finished product. The no. product is changing and growing and reconstructing. Yeah every single day. I, I have appreciated um, people reaching out to us, noting that. It's just in my mind that has changed um, very significantly from yes. March and April. So given this pandemic, it's not going to be done anytime soon. No, I don't we're think gonna so. Have, we're going to have a year. Um, yeah. and, and who knows what that, you know, how that year is going to progress or, or um, what it looks like at the end of this year. You and I don't know. We don't know. Um, how can we, I hate to use the word capitalize, but how can, how can this change education in, in a positive way moving forward? Mm-hmm. You know, I think, um, although it's cliche to say, I think um, I believe it. Um, I really believe it. This can be our finest hour in education. Yeah. This can be leaders' finest hour. This can be where we, we truly look at every individual kid Mm -hmm. and we make systems that help them grow even when it's really tough and so um, I think that what this year can bring is a new sense of collaboration a new sense of commitment um, and an ability to really become um, creative and innovative and in ways that we've never seen. And yeah. I know our teachers are up for the challenge. I've yeah. talked with teachers. I've seen some of the products that have come out, and I'm just so impressed. Um, but I think we have an opportunity in education right now, and we don't want to miss this opportunity yeah. because it's one that we can really, like you said, we can capitalize yeah. on, and we can reinvent something that is so much better than what we had. So I do want to give you an opportunity. Our teachers... 
you know, we've talked a lot on this episode about, you know, kind of district things and things you and I have talked about. Our teachers got a tough gig this year. Oh, man. Um, online education is not easy. No. Um, teaching in the midst of a pandemic is, is not easy. I think also teaching students who have been out of school since March. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, I have yeah. been a classroom teacher. I've been a classroom yeah. teacher at elementary. I've been a classroom teacher at middle school. I've been a special education teacher. So I understand teaching. I understand routines and rituals that you have in your classroom. And when you've been out of school since March, there is a lot of learning that has to go back in yeah. to expectations and but again that's where I feel like man we can be really innovative and creative and yeah. we can really capitalize on this moment to redefine yeah. um, public education and I know I have no doubt that our teachers yeah. are ready for that our teachers across the nation are ready for that yeah I know that um, a lot of our teachers were involved in our building um, specific return to learn plans and what that looks like. It is new routines. It is new things. But I know that they're ready, too. I mean, they're they're ready to get going they and they're going to do phenomenal. It's not going to be without bumps in the road. That's but right. Um, they're going to do a great job. That's right. There's absolutely going to be bumps in the road. That's inevitable. We we have those bumps in the road even when we have the most refined system <laughs> That's right. in place. We yeah. have those. So just imagine that system is no longer yeah. and we are going to be um, creating as we go. But um, what I've seen out of our educators, our leaders in education, um, man, we've got some of the finest people. Final word to you. Anything that you want to add? There's so many amazing things um, in our district. I think I think we're we're there. We're going to be ready. Um, we keep planning. Um, anything that you want to say to parents, students, or teachers? Yeah, I think that um, one thing I would point out is I know there's a sense of exhaustion or a feeling of exhaustion, but I want to um, what I want to say is what I have felt um, has been excitement. It's not that feeling of exhaustion and frustration. I felt this sense of excitement and determination. And um, so I think that there are so many unknowns and so many fears and we can get crippled by that fear. Um, but I feel like we really need to push through that fear and we are going to come out at such a better place yeah. than we ever have been. And so stay with us, work together with us, um, and we'll face these challenges. We'll face them head on, and we'll, we'll have difficult conversations, and we'll have moments that are exhausting, but we are going to do so as we're creating a system that really is much more equitable and innovative than we've had in the past. Well, I wanted to thank you. 25 minutes goes by pretty fast doing this. I know we'll, we'll, we'll certainly do this again. You are actually our, you're our first, uh, two time guest on, oh my on goodness. our podcast. So, um, that, that should, that deserves a medal or something. <laughs> we'll work on that. Okay. We will. Absolutely. <laughs> so to everyone listening, I want to thank you. We are available on iTunes and Google play and, and everywhere else you can listen to podcasts. Um, we appreciate reviews, but ultimately we appreciate you sharing this podcast and, and telling others about it. So um, thank you for tuning in on another episode of the Amazing Education Podcast.